This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen Match Point? I had never even heard of this movie before. I'm surprised. Well, Woody Allen wrote it and directed it, so. Well, yeah. Well, I guess I could know it to avoid it, maybe. But... <laughs> Which, by the way, trigger warning, we're, we might talk about how Woody Allen's a terrible person, but Woody Allen is a terrible person. They also talk briefly about unplanned pregnancies and sort of insinuate about abortion. These are trigger warnings. Yes. And then there's murder. Murder, you say? <laughs> That's all I have for that. I see. So what three things did you expect from this movie? I Because it was called Match Point, I was expecting people playing tennis. Tennis clap. I was well done. expecting... Tennis clap. What? I was expecting women to be portrayed like prudes. I mean, uh, his wife, kind of. Chloe. A little bit. Yeah. And no one lives happily ever after. Yeah. They kind of do. They kind of do. I'm sure Chris's life is tortured. Well, he deserves to be tortured. And there's no way a guy like that is going to, like, be able to help. Yeah, he's not going to hold it together. No. And suddenly live this fairy tale life or anything. We're getting ahead of ourselves, though. So, um, did you expect to like this movie or I not? I really didn't. <laughs> I really did not. I despise Woody Allen, yeah. but I really tried to kind of, like, put that aside for the sake of the show and the movie. And I just, I'm like, one star. I did not expect to like it, even even setting that aside. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't have even suggested that we... Wa- I happen to love Woody Allen movies. Mm-hmm. And this is a departure for what he really became, you know, popular for. He was, you know, kind of like goofball comedies and mm-hmm. um, romantic sort of... Com- not really romantic comedies, but romantic movies that were also comedies. So, yeah, I wasn't going to even suggest we watch a Woody Allen movie. Because he uh, he is a terrible terrible human being, um, but you even said like that you wanted to, you know, you wanted to watch things that you made when we first started this podcast. You wanted to watch things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily watch on your own. Well, and here's the thing too: is we're not actively going to a movie theater to watch a movie made by Woody Allen where he is getting my hard-earned American dollars. We got this through Netflix, which we pay for anyway. Right. So, what, he gets two cents for the DVD we rented. Fine. Whatever. You'll allow that. Yes. So, what is your one-sentence IMDb summary of this? Your guess. Did I say I, I gave it one star? I want to make sure that was you did say <laughs> You did say one star, dear. Um, 
Two tennis players start an illicit affair that takes an ominous turn once their respective spouses find out. <laughs> that was a complete I mean, shot in the dark. Like, I had no idea what this movie was about. That's not far off. So did you know... Well, we'll get to that later, I guess. But, so... Um, well, anyway, I guess we'll talk about it now. So, when I first heard about this movie, like, oh yeah, Woody Allen's made this movie, and it's a departure, and blah, 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 and it's a brilliant movie. It's a thriller. So if you're told it's a thriller, it's not really a thriller until the last 20, 15 minutes. Oh, I see what you say. I see what you're saying. So like this isn't a, this isn't like a Liam Neeson Taken where he's chasing the bad guys <laughs> like through the whole movie. Right. Almost. If the, if the murder happened within the first 20 minutes, it's a thriller. Right. If, if a murder happens in the in the last 20 minutes. Oh, is that why you paused a, it? Yeah, because I was looking for. Was. I'm like, oh, okay, because he was j- the the the. Well, I was also looking for when the when the de- the detective was making his good guess as to what actually oh, happened. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, tell me what IMDb had to say about this talking picture. Well, this talkie. I'm not going to do it in that <laughs> voice. Um. So Match Point is from 2005. It is rated R. It is 124 minutes, although the version we have says two hours and seven minutes. But it kind of felt like four hours. Yeah, it was it was long. Now they make the mistake here of calling it a drama, a romance, and a thriller. F you, it's not a thriller. <laughs> don't call it that. I was waiting for the whole time going, okay, this looks tense, but... I don't see anybody doing thriller stuff. No. I see no thriller stuff. Is there Michael Jackson stuff happening in here? Extramarital no. affairs don't necessarily mean thriller to me. Well, it, in a way, it almost ruined. Like, when the murder finally happened, I'm like, great. I've been sitting here forever waiting for a freaking murder to happen or something. Anyway. <laughs> I thought you, well, I thought you'd seen this before. Yeah, I'm saying the first time I watched it. Oh. The first time I watched it was under the guise of it being a thriller. I see which what is you're wrong. saying. I see what you're saying. I still enjoyed the movie, though, even though it was like, Dad, don't do that. Don't call it the thing. Anyway. So, at a turning point in his life, a former tennis pro falls for an actress. That That's it? That's the whole summary? Yep. Yeah. That's woefully inadequate. Sometimes it's like riddled with spoilers, <laughs> and sometimes they're just like Star Wars. It's war in space. That's it. <laughs> so, so people play tennis. We kind of talked about how it met my expectations. Yeah, people play tennis. Chloe was kind of prudish. Definitely not the the hot and fiery. Scarlett Johansson, Nola, that was her name, because it's yeah. like New Orleans, Nola, mm. the Big Easy. Oh, is that what is that what we were going for with her name? Is that what? Oh, maybe I don't know. What Woody, old Woody was doing to us. Um, Chris and Chloe do kind of live happily ever after. They stay married. Um, they have a child. She's none the wiser of his affair. The cops are off his scent. Like, I did kind of wonder at the very end, though, if he had gone and killed the heroin guy to make it look like a string of 
a string of crime. I wondered if Chris had gone and committed another murder to make him look less suspicious. Oh. You see what I'm saying? I don't think that's what happened. I think that was a a happy, quote, coincidence. But I wondered if that might be the case. I don't know if you know that or not. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. I hadn't considered that. That's interesting, though. But yeah, I don't think, I don't believe that. Because, if anything, he needs to just go hide. Yeah. And not be showing up. Anywhere. <laughs> not be showing up, like, <laughs> for, incrimin- for criminal investigators to find him. If we do, in fact, want him to... See, it's weird. He gets So, so he literally gets away with double murder. Mm-hmm. Again, we're talking about the end. Um, but like, I don't want him. I don't want him to. I didn't. I didn't like this guy. I, I did not like it. him at all. I didn't want to see him he succeed. He was a piece of crap. So um. has your opinion? So has your opinion changed about this movie? Not really. I wrote down, this is stilted and pretentious. It's very pretentious. That's true. And here's the thing. Like I, I'm very serious when I say I tried to put his stuff out of out of mind while we were watching this movie like I'm gonna give this personal right Woody Allen terribleness yeah um to because like before I knew what a piece of crap Roman Polanski was I saw the pianist I loved it I thought it was great so I'm well aware like (laughs) human beings can make great art but that sometimes affects my enjoyment of something so right even putting that aside i was still like this i can i can see his signature all over this and not in a good way it was just yeah it knowing who who woody allen is and how i don't believe that in his heart he's a very good he's a very good person a very good person does not marry their wife's daughter right his he, partner's daughter they they never actually sorry, they never married, married whatever oh that makes it okay but i'm saying like the way the actors interacted with each other the way some of the lines were delivered like it's very much like quentin tarantino like i can tell when a movie is directed by quentin tarantino yeah. because he directs all the actors to talk in the same way that he himself talks and it's very frenetic yes like all over the place High energy. So I could see them. They were all like very, I don't know, very indie art sort of. Um, very cold and inwardly focused. Yeah. A lot yeah. of it. Like that's Woody Allen and that's a lot of these characters. Although N- Nola, Nola was, um, w- was just a, you know, a little ball of emotional energy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. She was. So maybe she was like, like you know, with with Woody Allen movies, it all comes down to like, you know, like Freudian stuff. So right. It she's um she almost plays the role as like pure id, like the the mm-hmm. hidden like you know emotional core that you would normally try to hide from the world. The thing that really threw it over the top for me, where I was like, Woody Allen does not have one iota of self-reflection is when Scarlett Johansson, Nola, 
She's talking about how Tom's mother doesn't like her and wants Tom to marry some distant cousin. Yes. And then she says, Nola says, inbred families are sick and gets like all disgusted and stuff. And I'm like, sir, you married your partner's daughter who you knew from the age of eight. Yeah, that's a little incestuous. I mean, technically that's not inbreeding, but But that's a really (laughs) shitty caveat to have to make. You shouldn't be marrying your partner's daughters. That just shouldn't happen. Absolutely. So, do you want me to talk about Woody Allen being a terrible person? Let's hear about Woody Allen being a terrible person. So, for our... So for our listeners who aren't familiar with the kerfuffle, so Mia Farrow was married to somebody Previn, because her name is Sunyi Previn. They had some children together and adopted some children together. Mia Farrow and Previn divorced. Mia Farrow gets with Woody Allen. They consequently, um, allegedly, have a child. Andre Previn. Andre is, Previn, thank uh, you. musician. So, Mia Farrow, Andre Previn, divorce. Mia Farrow adopts Dylan Farrow herself. Then, Mia Farrow and Woody Allen get together. They have Ronan Farrow. A biological child. A biological child. So, Woody Allen, whether or not... See, I have, I have a particular... I have a particular grossness factored into this because I am both a step-parent and a step-child. Right. I mean, my stepfather adopted us, but to me, it's like... If I had divorced my ex-husband and then gotten with my... Not just gotten... You know what? I don't want to talk about that. Back to Woody Allen. Not only did he get with his partner's daughter, he took naked Polaroids of her. She was really... uh, I mean, the... She was super She was of age when he took the pictures. Still super gross since he was still with Mia Farrow at that time. Yeah. And Mia Farrow found the pictures. Uh. Now, Sunyi Previn gave a... When when everything with Harvey Weinstein and all of that was coming out, um, the USA Today, like a family friend of Woody Allen, did this um, profile on Sunyi mm-hmm. um, for like USA Today or something. And she said, you know, Mia Farrow was very mean to me and I was just sort of like, you know... A trophy child, like, look what a good person I am for adopting this poor neglected child. And she was, you know, just very abusive all around. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't line up with much of anything I've ever heard about Mia Farrow. Well, and then I, before we started recording, I looked up, I found an article from the outline from about that same time. And the author says, um, let's say just for a second that maybe, maybe Woody Allen is right. Mm-hmm. Mia Farrow is actually crazy, and Dylan Farrow, who accused Woody Allen of assaulting her, right. 
um, is a liar. Okay. We still would not be reckoning with the fact that Alan married a girl 35 years younger than him, whom he'd met when she was eight years old, and she was the daughter of his then partner. We are not grappling with the fact that in 1997, just a few years after his relationship with her mother imploded, Alan married his former stepdaughter. Yes, not technically stepdaughter because they weren't married, but I was my stepdaughter's stepmother long before we signed the paperwork to make it so. Right. Make it so. Sorry. Um, you, have to, you have to put Star Trek in there. Even though... See how I'm just moving past that? Yeah, you are. Even though Alan has always claimed that he had very little contact with Soon Yi until 1990, the facts are just about as stark as they get. The New York profile... Oh, that's what it was, New York Magazine, that she did the interview for. Okay. Um, includes a photo of Woody and Mia and the kids, including Soon Yi, in 1986, when she was 15 years old or so. So, yes, they definitely knew each other. I'm showing Virginia a picture of that picture. Yeah. <laughs> a picture of that picture? I'm showing her that picture. Oh, my God. Look at his little circle glasses. <laughs> That's but, one of the kids. I'm not sure of the kid's name. Yeah, didn't they have... Um, like, Ronan was called Satchel, I think. Yeah, something like that. I think Ronan changed his name. And then there's also... Sorry, this. I just have a little bit more and then I'll be done. It's okay. Go ahead. Um, Sunyi said that that we, meaning the children, didn't think of Woody Allen as a father... And he didn't even have clothing at our house, not even a toothbrush. Mia never married Woody, nor did they even live together. He was my mother's boyfriend, plain and simple. In order for this enduring 25-year-old relationship to be in any way validated, we must pave over... This is not her saying this anymore, sorry. So, end quote of Soon Yi. In order order for this enduring 25-year-old relationship to be in any way validated, we must pave over the things we see with our eyes, that a man in a position of power, if not the role of father, took advantage of that position in some manner and cheated on the woman who was his partner with the woman's daughter who was 35 years younger than him. Not wife, not married, not rape, not incest. Technically, she was an adult. It's just a messed up situation all the way around. It is. It's just, and that's why it's it's so hard for me to separate that. I think because, like I was saying, of like, it, oh, it yeah, hits I mean, too close to home. Like I don't, own. I don't want to be marrying my dad. Thanks. Ugh. That would be gross. I don't want to be marrying my stepdaughter. That would be gross. Yeah. That's well. And this may or may not be appropriate to say, but um, I still like this movie. Uh, and the heart wants what the heart wants. Oh my god! Which is what Woody Allen said at I a know. press conference. Where just for our listeners, it's what he said when he announced this horrible thing at a press conference and tried to say, "Oh yeah, this is just what I'm doing now." Yeah. So because of, yeah, I just I still didn't like it, even though I did watch it. I did try to remain fair, but even then. One of the things that I didn't really like about it was that there was no background music, except occasionally we would hear opera. Yeah. And for me, especially with like a, a director I'm not familiar with, or like a genre I'm not familiar with, mm -hmm. I depend on the music to be like, 
okay, this is, there's something tense. You may not know what's going on yet, but something tense is about to happen. And it's like, Chris was loading the shotgun in the lady's apartment that he had just killed. And I'm like, okay, is this, like, he's dropping it because it's a comedic effect? Or is it like, he doesn't know what he's doing? He can't get the gun? Right, like, I don't know what to think. And I don't have any help in that regard. And I, I think... I think that may be a me issue because I like music, but it was a little off-putting that we had two hours and seven minutes with no background music or no soundtrack other than occasionally some opera arias. And it could be that there was something clever in the the piece, you know, the arias chosen. Right. And there was something kind of dramatic when he did kill, um, when he when he did when he killed Nola, I think. There was like one of those concluding final sort of, you know. Yeah. What must have been some sort of tragedy. Yeah, I did notice that, yeah, it had the swelling sort of, yeah. The opera version of dun, 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 (laughs) whatever that is. Yeah, that may have the, the lack of, a score might have contributed to the overall boringness of this of mm-hmm. this movie. Um, so since you hated it, uh, I don't want to dwell too. <laughs> I don't want to dwell too much on this, but I do have a couple of things. Okay. No. Yeah, that's fine. I have a couple more things too. So the idea. Uh, can we talk about the idea of luck? The okay. idea of luck is talked about over and over again in this in this movie. Yeah, the the ball that bounces on the net and then like the ring bounced on the railing by the the Thames River, I guess, or Right. Um I'm the yeah. I imagine it would be the Thames since it was London. It was London and they were right they had that amazing flat like right across from Big Ben, like Oh yeah. Which has to be like a greenhouse in the summer with all those windows, I would think. Well, a greenhouse when it never gets above 70 is oh, not true. that big of a deal. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the idea of luck. Um, lots of big moments in this movie are either, are the cause of some form of luck. Nola's pregnancy. Run, uh, Chris running into Nola after she broke up with Tom in the Tate Modern. Mm-hmm. Chris running into that guy... Or that uh, Chris was at dinner with everybody. Oh, and he's like, oh, I saw you hailing a cab or right, whatever. on the wrong side of town. Right. When he was supposed to be way somewhere else. Um, and then even Nola and Chris running into the, the, the old lady, the old neighbor. Oh, uh-huh. Um, the cop on the crime scene says some people don't have any luck. Anyway, I don't mean to put too fine a point on this. Um, but one of the last thing, I think the last thing that Tom says about his baby nephew when they're talking about, oh, he's going to do great things. He says, I don't care if he does great things. I just hope he's lucky. And then the camera, as it was doing the entire time, did you notice how the camera would like linger on Chris's face? Mm-hmm. And he had these like little micro moments of acting that we were supposed to, <laughs> we, were, we were supposed to. Assume what was going on in his in his head. 
What do you think? I'm sorry. Please continue, and then and then I have a question. I was done with the idea of of luck. What do you think of Jonathan Reese Myers as an actor? Before I saw him, he's the one who played Chris, right? Yes. He also played King Henry VIII in The Tudors. Okay. Bottom line: super hot guy, dead eyes. Yeah, he's. (laughs) I don't enjoy his acting very much. I mean, I watched all of The Tudors. But it was more for the queens and the dresses, really. Yeah. Um. So, so I have other things, but do you have? Would you like? Um. To say a thing. So, speaking of luck, yeah. Nola's diary almost screwed Chris over. Like they call him in, and yeah. it's like, who keeps a diary now? Even in two thousand five, who keeps a diary? It's just kind of. Well, she is. She she's very. The character of Nola is um, very unpredictable, very fiery, very passionate. Um, I think she does. There are aspects. I'm not saying. But there were things she was like lying about mm-hmm. to Chris, like she was. She was trying to be a secretive person a secretive private person or at least trying to keep things from chris i'm not she was a hard one to figure because she would say like i have no one to talk to about this and then meanwhile like her friend at work was like oh is that him yeah yeah blah 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 i know all about it do you think she was really pregnant or do you think that was something she lied about that's a good question because she was doing everything she could to try to get chris away from uh chloe his Mm -hmm. wife that's a really good question. She may have lied. Okay, and then something... Oh, oh, no, wait. She didn't. She didn't. Because the detective knew that Nola was pregnant. Oh, okay. And I don't think they're just going by the diary. You know, I think they're going by, you know... Like the her body. medical examination. Yeah. Um, what was with the ghosts at the end of the movie where he's, like, explaining to them... Like, trying to excuse his behavior. And, like, Mrs. Eastby was all, um, you know, I was just an innocent bystander. Why did you kill me? And he's like, no, really, I had to do it or whatever. Uh, well, it, well, yeah, I don't think it was so much like a shakespearean sort of thing. Because it really was, it really was like him trying to keep himself from being crushed by his own guilt mm-hmm. you know because if i appear to someone and i was like collateral damage and you just go oh no man you're just collateral damage f you i'm collateral damage i am I'm haunting this. you for the rest of your life i'm setting up a ghost bunkhouse in your <laughs> flat and i will make your life a living hell yes i agree <laughs> it's gonna make poltergeist look like a like a ride at universal Goodness. We just rewatched Poltergeist not that long ago too. That's a good movie. It really was. So yeah, was it a little heavy-handed? Probably. Yeah. Especially since it was just like the the apparitions, if that's what they were, were just like standing there in like half shadow. Right. <laughs> it wasn't like they were 
force ghosts or something. Well, and at first I was like, okay, we didn't actually... We saw him fire the gun, but not the actual death scene. So oh, at so first, you thought maybe she's alive. At first I was like, okay, did she... Did a... Did a Nola survive? And she mm. just she probably knew where he lived, and mm. she came and snuck snuck up there to be like a you know creeper. Yeah. Um, but then Mrs. Eastby showed up, and I'm like, okay, she didn't even know who this dude really was. So this right, has to be did. like a ghost situation, right? So what do you have? Well, um, I have to say that one of the things I do like. I do like very much about this movie is there were very interesting, unique choices with the camera that were made, mm-hmm. that were made, that were made. Um, like the camera kind of plays a hide and seek, like it reveals or finds and shows Nola in interesting ways. Like Chris is just walking down the street. The camera is sort of locked down for the moment, and you can kind of see down one street. You can see Chris coming from the left into frame, mm-hmm. and he's talking to someone across the street to the mm-hmm. right. You don't see that it's Nola. You don't know that it's Nola yet. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, hey, what are you doing here? And then she walks. I think walks. we all knew it would be Lo- Nola, though. But it's... Okay. What I'm saying is there was a choice made in the way that all of this was shot. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this keeps... This happens um, often. Like, when Chris is sort of waiting for Nola to come out of... I mean, we obviously know that she's going to come out of the... the um, For her audition. Oh, the Chris, building. Which happens right after they meet on the street. Um... He's just kind of like sitting, you know, sitting there away from the building. And then the camera starts moving and starts looking for her. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of actions that the camera is almost like a not, it's not, uh, the camera to me doesn't represent us, the viewer. It almost represents like another entity. It, it represents um, another character in a way mm-hmm. because it. It acted in ways like that that doesn't quite, you know, like again the way it would stay on, stay on Chris. Like if there are four people at a table, each person's taking a turn talking, or there's two separate conversations going on. It'll jump back and forth. The camera should jump back and forth and show what everyone's saying. Mm-hmm. But every time Nola is saying something, um. And then, say, Tom starts talking, we stay on Chris. We stay on Chris's face. Mm. Almost like if I'm a fifth person at that table and I'm like, I think something weird is going on. Look how weird that guy looks. Oh, about. I see. He's clearly falling in love and getting infatuated with uh, with Nola. Um, I, I found it, this is very, It's it, to me it's very... A very Woody Allen thing. The two times that we see the chapel, the we see the minister going, mm-hmm. we now pronounce your man and wife, or whatever it was he says. Mm-hmm. Like, it's we're tight in on the minister's face, and we don't know who it is yet. Right. Who's getting married, because there's, there's a couple of choices here. Mm-hmm. And then 
<laughs> Tom's wife. That's the, I think the first time we meet her is like when they they're yeah getting when married. they get married. <laughs> just just like wait what? See to me, wasn't there almost a sense of disappointment? So Chris and Chloe get married. Mm-hmm. Then Chris finds out that Tom has broken it off with Nola, and he seems almost disappointed in oh, that. Okay, definitely. now I'm not going to have easy access to this smoking hot woman that I can bang regularly. Right. Right. And then I could see that look on his face like, oh god, now I'm married and there's nothing to live for. Yeah, because he's clearly just so bored. Like, he's not... He doesn't seem to be enamored with um, the lives of the super rich. He likes opera, but he just... He's just not one of those dudes who, you know, who wants to live in that, you know, mm-hmm. among the super rich and powerful, it seems. Did you notice, see, I don't know if this means he's extra smart or if he's just trying to be extra impressive, is that he was reading Dostoevsky, but he also had, like, the, the um, like, the companion... Oh, I hadn't noticed that. He would put down Dostoevsky and pick up something that was like the Cambridge Collection explanation of Uh, blah, blah, blah. Right. (laughs) Or like a concordance or something. To me, I just thought, oh, I get it. Crime and punishment. We will see in this movie. I I saw it as like foreshadowing, which it probably was too. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we're going to see a crime. We will not see punishment. No, definitely not. (laughs) Because I'm... I'm a simple person. I hadn't, I had, I didn't realize that that uh, <laughs> that he was picking up a study guide to try to figure out. Well, and I wouldn't have thought much of it except later, the dad, uh, Chloe's dad, said something about, "Oh, I just had a fascinating discussion about Dostoevsky with him," and I'm like, "Because oh. he wants to impress." Yeah, he's like playing the part of this sophisticated person who, right? You know. Who's trying to fit in this world? Uh, you know. See, actually, see, I'm uh, again. I'm very simple. He, he could, he could, act, he could actually hate opera. Oh, he could, yeah. Or not care, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have other things? I have two, two more things. Okay. When the old ladies ring, I'm sorry, I don't know her name, so I keep calling her the old lady. Mrs. Eastby. Mrs. Eastby. When her ring, when he just sort of like. Realizes he still has her ring right before he's going to talk to the cops. He wants to get rid of evidence on his body, which is smart. Yeah. In case he gets processed. So he just whips it at the mm-hmm. at, at the railing and then leaves. Obviously, we talked about this moment before where the ring kind of bounces for a second. Mm-hmm. Also, it's interesting that like the movie starts with kind of the ending. The movie starts with the idea of, oh, there's that moment where like... Right. It hits the net. Is it going to fall towards you or away from you? Meaning you're going to win or lose. You're going to lose if it if it bounces towards you. So I thought that meant... I did too. Right? Somehow that was going to mean that I was going to F him over. Yeah. When it bounced forward. But it was like the very thing <laughs> that exonerated it. Or, you right. Know, yeah. That's not quite the right word. It shifted the the suspect pool away from him. Yeah. Which was... I totally thought it was going to bust him. See, that, and it's moments like that that I'm sorry. It's, it, it, that's a brilliant thing to do. 
like storytelling wise, I think it's brilliant. So I'm just gonna do one of these. I'm gonna show Virginia a picture of um, a moment in the movie that I uh, I took a picture of a moment in the movie. Okay, so Tom is on the right. Uh huh. Chris is on the left. Okay. Tom is wearing white, and he's he has light behind him. Uh-huh. And Chris is wearing a dark jacket, and he's in shadow. Oh. So it's one of those things that I I always, well, before we really know who's a good person and who's a bad person, it's like a visual way of doing foreshadowing. But he's not really a good person because he screwed around on Nola and ended up marrying Heather because he got her pregnant. So That's is true. he really good? Well, did he murder anybody? I'm, that's true. That's true. He was just unfaithful to Nola. He was unfaithful to Nola? See, I don't... I'm too... I'm, I was too... Um, I'm looking at the pictures. I'm not really listening to what everybody says, I guess. Well, he said <laughs> when, when Tom told Chris that he broke it off. Yeah. He said, um... I, I found myself falling in love with another woman, or I left her to be with another woman. And oh. then at the wedding, Heather leaned over to him and said, just in time, I was just beginning to show. Well, right, but I didn't I didn't know what the time frame. Oh. I oh, that. that's a good I point. I that, but I didn't know what the time frame was. So. I assumed it was fairly quickly. And, again, not that this makes it any better, but, like, if two people are married and the one guy goes... I'm really in love with someone else. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go not be engaged anymore and go marry that other person. Mm-hmm. Where like that doesn't necessarily mean that they definitely, you know, there's definitely an affair. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay. I think that's why I was like, well, I'm not gonna definitely think that that's what happened. Again, not a great guy. Why are you in love with someone else? If you are engaged to a different person, that's really, weird. I didn't really like anybody in this movie. They're... I don't really... I mean, yeah, I can enjoy... Well, I think we're different people because I can like I can watch a movie where I just hate ev- everybody, but I can still enjoy it, you know? Mm. I don't think I need to... See, and if I hate everybody, like, where's where's the point of me watching it? Like... Pointing your finger and laughing at all the terrible people. <laughs> but nothing bad was happening to them until well, one of them got killed. Uh, that, yeah, that kind of sucks. And now they have a murderer in their family, you know? They That's have a, true. Permanently in their family. That's true. Ugh. That baby is half murderer. That's true. <laughs> Are you ready to go to the Bechdel test? <laughs> and half bore. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yes, let's go to the Bechdel test. What do you think? Did it pass or fail? I don't think it passed because we see women together talking without a man around, but they always seem to be Chris or Tom or blah, blah, blah. So I don't think it passed. Um, It did pass. Oh. There were a lot of female na- uh, named female characters, like yeah. Samantha was the assistant. Yeah. He just randomly said... Uh, Chris just randomly said to some woman, like, oh, hey, Ingrid, how's the coffee or something yeah. in the office? So um, there were a lot more than I would expect to be. Um, but one of the, the 
and see this one's a little weird because like everybody was in the room but mm-hmm. uh tom's mom chloe and tom's mom was asking nola like okay well what if the what if the acting thing doesn't pan out? Oh, you know, right. what are you going to the do then? Right. And she's, and like, the men would occasionally jump in, but I feel like it was primarily a conversation between the two of them. Like, sometimes Tom would be would jump in and be like, Mom, you know this is a sensitive topic or whatever. Right. Um, but they still... I think that even if a... Anyway, I think we've we've talked about this before where... You could still like it depends what you mean. It all it all depends on what you mean, what your definition of conversation is. You know? Right. Like well, is a conversation just person one, person two, person one, person two, back and forth. You know. Mm-hmm. And whether there's person three or four who eventually comes in, like there's still that little section of conversation that is just between those two people and they're not talking about a man and they're both named female characters. Right. Well, and then later in the in the movie um, where Chloe tells her mom, like Chloe and Chris tell her mom together that, that she's pregnant. Yeah. And then as... Tom, I think... Oh, no. Sorry. As Chris gets a call from Nola, like, right at that moment, you can hear in the background um, Chloe and her mom, like, oh, when are you due? And I'm so excited for you. And, I mean, arguably, she needed Chris to get in the family way. Mm-hmm. But they're talking about her health um, and what, you know, becoming a grandparent, becoming a mother. Has your opinion changed since uh since your initial or latest viewing um i well it it came across as a lot more boring okay you know? but it was interesting because this is actually the second time i've seen it the first time was probably in you know right after it came out pretty much mm-hmm. um so so yeah it, it seems way more pretentious to me now, like, trying too hard. Like, how many times... We understand you went to the Tate Modern. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, there's a... There's a, a... What looks like an original Lucian Freud painting in the flat of... Uh, uh, in, in Chloe and Chris's flat. Oh, which one was that? I, I don't know much about. There was a picture of a... A brooding man, a real close-up, um, real oh, tight. Oh yeah, okay. Very, I was wondering what that was. It was very painterly. Mm. So Lucian Freud is the grand grandson or great grandson of Sigmund Freud. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm like, oh, is this? You know, are we looking at Woody oh. Allen and his love for, well, obsession maybe with psychotherapy and all that, mm-hmm. and putting it in this world of, you know, sophisticates and, you know, the intelligentsia and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about what a creepy was back then either. So, it, you know. 
well, in light of all that. I don't want my feelings on his creepiness affect your. No, evening. I hon- no, I honestly didn't know that much about his creepiness. Oh, okay. I really did. I mean, not that I, not that I learned it today, obviously, but like you know, it wasn't it wasn't until you know. Yeah. After I saw the movie, that I realized what it, I learned what a creepy was. So, are there any pop culture references you understand? This is, well, Not wasn't real. really. I mean... This wasn't really a pop culture touchstone for anybody, right. I don't think. I feel like this is kind of like... Um, well, another Scarlett Johansson movie we watched with uh, Bill Murray. What was it called? Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. That was 2004. That, that was just the year before this was made. Yeah. So... Or year or two. 2003, I think. So, yeah, I don't think... I don't think they were... I mean, they were probably well-received by critics, but weren't such blockbusters that everybody's talking about it. Right, yeah. Yeah. How would this movie be different with today's technology? I feel like... Not that I would know this from personal experience, but I feel like it would be easier to pull off an affair in the age of smartphones. Although maybe it would be harder because maybe your spouse could track you. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Like... Like, uh, you have, like, a GPS device on you at all times right. that, like, tracks where you are. And you can put one of those little secret things on, you know, mm-hmm. on a person. And what, it, like, instead of calling a cab, you might call an Uber. And then if you share an Uber with your husband or your mm. wife or whatever, they're going to know where you were. Yeah. Um. So cell phones. Oh, they talked about one of the reasons that... Ian from Clo- uh, no, Ian from Nola's apartment was like, oh, did you check out those CDs that I mentioned for your CD player? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it plays MP3s, though. Oh, wow. So it is, it was on the, the cutting edge of technology, well. Yes. The years old technology, many years old technology. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, of course, at the very end, when um, we see Chris face down on um on his sony laptop that was so very 2005 it was so 2005 it was about the thickness of an unabridged dictionary yeah (laughs) it was so big it was so funny (laughs) um but that was really all that i noticed did you notice anything no no uh not uh yeah not really just about about that sort of thing so, do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, that's plenty. You don't have one more thing? I told you I had two things before. Uh-huh. And so I, made you know you that te- I made you tell the two things? You know that I'm out of things. Okay. So, apparently, that about wraps it up. You can find us <laughs> on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, we're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. You can find a lot of other great shows. So, oh, like Captain Game Show, which re- becomes relevant soon. Oh. Well, it's always relevant. That's true. But, um, so go and check out CosmicPotato.com. As for us, just go to WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com to find links, social media, and contact information. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching American Graffiti with special guest John from Captain Game Show. See how I said it would be relevant soon? 
You know, I come in here with my professional podcast voice, and you you come in there and you you ruined it. You didn't really ruin it. You I have an NPR voice for my radio voice. Sweaty balls. That's a real thing. I've I've. I've <laughs> the NPR and I watch SNL. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Alright. So thanks for listening. 